Time to wake Time up. To wake up. <laughs> no longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government, while the people have borne the cost. You are tuned in to His Hardline. Welcome to the number one show many have yet to discover. Our priorities of discussion are quite simple. We put God first. We talk about good health and how to fortify our families, followed by how we restore the republic so we can have a strong nation once again. So patriots, patriots, assemble. assemble. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side, because they are the host with the most. They are the ones in charge. They are, well, they're the ones that actually started this podcast, not me. I'm the one that just kind of works behind the scenes, and they're at the captain's chair. They're at the wheel. Therefore, they're steering this ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome to His Hardline, episode 546, Operation Vampire Killer Part, well, excuse me, Operation Vampire Killer 2000 Part 3. But before we get into that, we're going to be doing a reading out of Galatians chapter 5. And forgive me, I think I misspoke yesterday when I said there was only five chapters. There are six chapters in the book of Galatians. So there are six chapters. Um, So there you go. Now, depending on how long I go with this show, um, I'm going to have to do a a pre-recording for tomorrow's show, which would just basically just be a reading of Galatians chapter 6, because I have forgotten that I actually have a county meeting tomorrow for our county assembly. So I totally, totally forgot about that, but I don't want it to be a blank day with no show on Sunday, okay? And because of the nature of what time that meeting starts, I want to make sure that, you know, I have enough time with family because, you know, you know how it is when I put in a 12 hour day, I just don't want to chip, you know, cheat my family out of uh, good, you know, good family time, you know, good quality bonding time. So depending on how quickly I get done with this, I will do a quick pre-recording um, because, again, like I said, on Monday, I will not be live on the air 
because I will be helping my father-in-law. We will be putting in the, uh, the dock and the boat lift. Now that it's starting to get a little bit warm up here in Michigan, it's about getting ready to get to around being, you know, boating season. So I'll be helping my father-in-law on Monday, putting the boat, boat lift in as well as the dock. So there'll be no live show on Monday. Tomorrow, there will not be a live show, but if I can get done soon enough today, I will do a pre-recording for Galatians chapter six, and I will upload that for tomorrow. So at least there's something to listen to. Okay. It won't be like a full entire show, um, but at least there'll be something to listen to. Okay. Um, if you even choose to listen. So anyways, and so a little quick, little housekeeping here. So remember, I do have a website, www.hishardline.com. If you want to know more about the national assembly, the lawful assembly that's recognized by the military, by the way, it's www.national-assembly.net. That's www.national hyphen, you know, the little dash assembly.net. One more time. It's www.national hyphen assembly.net. If you want to learn how to get involved with your assembly in your own respective state, you can either get involved in the chat in your forums right there on that website, or you can email me at hishardline at gmail.com. Let me know what state you're in in the subject line and your basic information, your first and last name, basic phone number in the body of the email. I will forward that to Destry and we will get somebody in contact with you, a moderator or not a moderator, excuse me, a communication secretary or uh, at the very least, if there's no ComSec in your state, you will have a coordinator reach out to you. So, again, it's hishardline at gmail.com. And, of course, if you actually please, you know, if you care to want to send yours truly some hate mail, again, hishardline at gmail.com. Put a hateful subject there, you know, a hateful statement in the subject, and I'll make sure it gets filed in file 13. So, there you go. So, anyways, it is Saturday, May 20th, 2023. May It is May 20th, 2023. So, happy Saturday, everybody. I hope everybody's doing great. For those of you that are listening live, thank you for joining us. Um, you must not have a life like me. That's why I'm on the air live with you guys right now. But, hey, you know what? Having no life means lots of rest and relaxation and just having a chill lifestyle. So, that's quite all right. So, I'm glad you guys are with me. So, thank you. Welcome. So, Let's get right into the reading, shall we? So again, Galatians chapter 5 is what I'll be reading out of. It's not a really long chapter, about 25 verses long. We'll be talking about the importance of faith uh, with verses 1 through 6, and then when we get into verse 7 through 12, talking about how we need to watch and not be misled. Once we get into verse 13 through, um, well, basically 26, excuse me, not 25 verses, 26. So starting with verse 13, going to verse 26, we will talk about freedom for service. So starting with verse one, it reads, for freedom, Christ set us free. So stand firm and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. It is I, Paul, who am telling you that if you have yourself circumcised, Christ will be of no benefit to you. Once again, I declare to every man who has himself circ circumcised that he is bound to observe the entire law. You are separated from Christ. You who are trying to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we await the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from following the truth? The, that enticement does not come from the one who called you. 
a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough. I am confident of you in the Lord that you will not take a different view and that the one who is troubling you will bear the condemnation, whoever he may be. As for me, brothers, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the stumbling block of the cross has been abolished. Would that those who are upsetting you might also castrate themselves? For you were called for freedom, brothers, but do not use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Rather, serve one another through love, and for the whole law is fulfilled in one statement, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you go on biting and devouring one another, beware that you are not consumed by one another. I say then, live by the Spirit, and you will certainly not gratify the desire of the flesh. For the flesh has desires against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are opposed to each other, so that you may not do what you want, but if you are guided by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious, immorality, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, rivalry, jealousy, outburst of fury, acts of selfishness, dissensions, factions, occasions of envy, drinking bouts, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. In contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also follow the Spirit. Let us not be conceited, provoking one another, envious of one another. And that is the reading of Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 26. So, real quick, before I get into the summary, a little quick disclaimer and remember, as I always state periodically on this podcast, I am not a doctor. I don't wear a white coat, play one on TV. I'm not a financial advisor or a pastor, priest, deacon, or biblical scholar or a member or a bar member. And I'm not a lawyer. I do not give legal advice. I am also not the official face or voice of the national, state, or county assemblies. I don't care what you've been told. I don't care what you believe. I am not. Additionally, I do not advocate for violence. I am my own man, and the opinions, thoughts, and statements are of my own unless I reference other material, which is what I'm about to do. I'm going to be referencing the summary from BibleRef.com. It's a great ministry. It's called BibleRef.com, B-I-B-L-E-R-E-F.com, BibleRef.com. Now, Paul's letter to the Galatians can be divided into three parts, chapter 1 through 2. You got the focus on Paul's biography, including his qualifications to present Christ as an apostle, right? Now, the end of chapter 2 through chapter 4 deals mainly with theology, explaining that justification comes by faith in Christ and not by following the works of the law. And so as we started with chapter 5 going through 6, 
It focuses on application of these truths, knowing all that's been presented in chapters one through four. Now, how should those who are free in Christ live? Paul begins chapter five by stating flatly that Christ has set us free in order that we should be free. And freedom through, though it requires resistance against a return to bondage, those in Christ must stand firm against anyone who would try to drag them into slavery under the law. And Paul has in mind the issue of circumcision. A group known as the Judaizers were pressuring the Galatians to submit to physical circumcision in order to be acceptable to God. Now, some of the Galatians may have been willing to do this, but simply to cover all possible needs. Now, why not believe in Jesus and be circumcised? They may have thought, right? That was, that was their thinking. Why not believe in Jesus and be circumcised? And Paul insisted, however, that the faith in Christ must be faith in Christ alone and nothing else. In fact, he writes that to begin to follow the law cuts us off from Christ because we are asking God to judge us by our own works and not by Christ. Now, Paul, being confident that the Galatians will reject this false teaching and that the one responsible for teaching it will be held accountable and rejects a rumor that he himself was teaching anyone to be circumcised. Now, if he were, why? would they be persecuting him? In fact, he writes that he wishes the false teachers would go past circumcision to castration. And then Paul turns, he then turns his focus to another way that Christians might waste the freedom that Christ has won for us, right? And some might think that since they have already been forgiven for their sin, and justified by faith in Christ, what would keep them from indulging in all their sinful desires? That's not what our freedom in Christ is for. Instead, we should use our freedom to serve each other in love. But yet there's so many people out there, I'm breaking away for a minute from this summary. There's so many people out there who use this excuse, okay, because first off, let, let's be clear, Christ won our freedom. Like, he, 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 he waged the ultimate warfare on Satan and his little legions of demons, right, and, and paid the ultimate price for the forgiveness of our sins. And so people typically use that freedom in Christ and still use it as an excuse to continue to indulge in all their sinful desires. That is not why he did that. I like what, uh, this is a new, a new listener here. I'm, I'm noticing the screen name rooted in Christ ministry. They referenced Matthew five sixteen, And then he also said, that is why we shouldn't be part of the world. We need to be obedient and follow God. Amen. Absolutely. But yet we get so many people out here, and I know a few people, and look, I, I, look, I'm going to be very honest because I'm not going to sit here and sit myself on top of a perch or on a pedestal and say, oh, look at me, I am perfect, I don't do any of this. No, 
I used to do the same damn thing when I used to engage in pornography back in the day. I used to think, oh, God will forgive me. It'll be fine. But then I engage in the very thing, and then I feel crappy about myself. I'm like, crap, now I got to go beg for forgiveness. Damn it. Right? And then you get stuck in this perpetual cycle of sin. Excuse me. You get stuck in this perpetual cycle of, well, Christ already died for my sins. He'll forgive me no matter what. All right, I'm going to go sin. And then you go sin, right? And then you feel like crap because that's the trap that Satan lays for you, right? And then you're like, crud, I feel crappy about myself. And then you got to go on your hands and knees to God and ask for forgiveness and say, I'm sorry, God, I messed up again. Yeah, and I agree with what uh, Rooted in Christ Ministry says. Hyper grace is a false doctrine. Yeah. Yep. But how, <clears throat> excuse me, didn't mean to do that in your guys' ears, if you, especially if you're wearing earbuds. <clears throat> but how, continuing with the summary, how can we overcome our sinful desires and focus on serving others? See, we can only do so by the power of God's Spirit given to us when we trusted in Christ for our salvation. Now, the Spirit of God is powerful and gives believers the supernatural ability to love as Christ does instead of serving the self. You see, the battle for Christians is to allow the Spirit to lead instead of shutting him down to go our own way. Now, our own way always leads to sin and then to destruction. That's typically what happens. See, you think if we think that our own way is the right way, we're always going to be wrong because God's way is the only right way. If we pursue our own way by relying on our own mind or our own heart, typically it's going to lead to sin and then it's going to lead to self-destruction unless you are following a righteous path that's designed by God. And Paul provides a list of the sinful lifestyles. We read right through them. And so those who live in that way without ever turning back should not think that they are in Christ. I can't tell you how many people out there who are self-proclaimed Christians that, you know, they, they say, oh, I'm in Christ, but yet they engage in half of the stuff that was listed there or even a quarter of it. Look, nobody's perfect. But if you're going to use the grace that God gives, right, by through the death and sacrifice that Jesus Christ laid down for us as an excuse to pursue your sinful desires, no, that's not what that was used for. And therefore, you will not inherit God's kingdom along with those who have God's spirit. So then Paul offers a second list. Well, what's this second list? This, this one list reveals what comes out of those who allow God's Spirit to lead the way. It is the fruit with nine characteristics, and that, and that would be love, right? Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
And so by definition, those who trust in Christ, you know, Jesus Christ's death for their sin on the cross have made the choice to crucify their sinful desires along with him. Now, that doesn't mean that we're never going to sin again, right? I mean, that would be just too perfect of a world. But it does mean that when we keep in step with God's spirit, we don't need to sin. And so in that way, we have been freed from sin's power as well as its penalty. But we should never use that as an excuse to sin. It's very, very important. So um, so as we get further along, like I said, tomorrow we have one more chapter. And forgive me, I did misspeak yesterday. For some reason, I thought there were only five chapters in Galatians. There's six. So um, tomorrow will be a pre-recording because I do have, like I said, I have a county assembly meeting that I that I have to be in, you know, that I'm going to have to attend. And then Monday, like I said, I'm going to I have a prior engagement to help my father-in-law. And then we'll be back live on the air on Tuesday evening. Um, but today what we're going to be going over is Operation Vampire Killer 2000 Part 3, which again is that um, it's that it's the it was written in 1992 because um, I did want I think I went, I went back to confirm it. I believe I read that correctly. Um, this was written in 1992 is put together by police officers, both active and retired, as well as guardsmen, National Guardsmen and military, because, again, this whole. This whole um, publication was designed to help wake up fellow brothers and sisters who are in law enforcement and that are in the military to help wake them up to the tyranny and the bad, evil people that are out there that are trying to take down this country from within. So we're going to start getting right into that. And so where we left off in this reading was the world money powers. Now, it, it starts off by saying that the global money vampires are in control of the finances of most of the world. And of course, we are familiar with some of those, you know, those powers like the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, right? The Bilderbergers, the, the Vanderbilts, right? All those people. Now, here are some statements of those past and present that have been aware of that control. Now, for example, you got George W. Malone. He was a U.S. Senator out of Nevada and speaking before Congress in the year of 1957, he alluded to the families. Okay. He alluded to the families that secretly owned the federal reserve bank and control the finances of the U S and he stated, and I quote, I believe that if the people of this nation, fully understood what Congress has done to them over the last 49 years, they would move on Washington. They would not wait for an election uh, for an election. It adds up to the preconceived plan to destroy the economic and social independence of the United States. Then you got Thomas Jefferson, who was also a U.S. president, and he said, I quote, I believe that banking institutions are more dangerous to our liberties than standing armies. Already they have raised up a moneyed aristocracy that has set the government at defiance. The issuing power should be taken from the banks and restored to the people to whom it properly belongs. Now, this is one of the biggest reasons why 
and I'm stepping aside from this publication for, for a second. This is one of the biggest reasons why we have to stand up our state assemblies as well as our county assemblies. Because ultimately, who's been running the world this whole time have been the international bankers and the, you know, and then below them were the bar lawyers. But we have to take the system, this, this, this moneyed aristocracy that basically, again, has set the government at defiance. And we need to take that issuing power take it from the banks and we need to restore it to the people whom it properly belongs. And that is what we will be doing. Now you got to remember America wasn't re you know, wasn't built in just two years. America did not come about in just overnight success. It took several years. Now back then you were dealing with snail mail and Pony Express, and you didn't have any technology that you were able to zip around the world in, in a matter of a few seconds. Now we do. So it shouldn't take a hundred years to rebuild what our founders built back then. Now, James Garfield, who was also a U.S. president, he also states, whoever controls the volume of money in any country is absolute master of all industry and commerce. That's right. Louis McFadden, he was a U.S. congressman. He said this about those same international financial conspirators during the very time that they were taking over the monetary control of America. And I quote, we have in this country one of the most corrupt institutions the world has ever known. I refer to the Federal Reserve Board and the Federal Reserve Banks and here and after called the Fed. They are not government institutions. They are private monopolies which prey upon the people of these United States for the benefit of themselves and their foreign customers. That is correct. See, too many people, I think, have gotten used to being in bondage and, and being considered a slave to the system for so long. I don't think people really would know what to do with themselves if they didn't have to pay federal and state income taxes or property taxes and, and truly be free, right? Free, sovereign American men and women. I don't think people would know what to do with themselves. They are so used to the daily grind of, of, of busting their, you know what, day in and day out just to make ends meet that if they had more time on their hands because they didn't have to pay money into a corrupt taxation, you know, taxation without representation type of system. I don't think they, most people would even know what to do with that kind of free time. Then you have uh, Mayor Amschult Bauer, an alias Rothschild slash head bloodsucker, and the godfather of the Rothschild banking cartel of Europe. And he states, and I quote, give me control of a nation's money and I care not who makes the laws. I'm sure you've all heard that before. That's a very, very popular quote that continues to get you know, echoed out there in the ether. Now, the Rothschild brothers of London, in a letter, discussed their new banking scheme with fellow conspirators. Now, June 25th, 1863, they stated, okay, pay attention to the date, June 25th, 1863, 
This was just two years after we pretty much, you know, Congress walked out and left our, you know, left their congressional session signy die. They didn't adjourn properly. So now at this point, we're two years past that. And this is what they stated. The few, and I quote, the few who understand the system will either be so interested in its profits or so dependent on its favors that there will be no opposition from that class. The great body of people mentally incapable of comprehending the tremendous advantages will bear its burden without complaint. And that's what we're seeing today. We have so many people that are dependent on big brother government and their favors and the handouts and all the programs that they offer that offers convenience in their lives that the you know by and large the great number of people in this country i mean they're they're mentally deficient they're they're incapable they're, they're they they can't even comprehend what the hell is going on to them that's why i say if they if people got their freedom and their sovereignty back I, people would not know what the hell to do with themselves I mean, I'm just being completely blunt, forward, honest with you. I don't know what I would do with myself, to be quite honest with you, if I had that kind of, But you know what? I have an idea. I'd ramp up this show even further just to continue to serve God that much harder and for, you know more fearful. Because I know the power and the freedom that God gives you when you have complete transformation. And I want other people to feel that. Truly, I want other people to feel that. It feels great. It doesn't mean that Satan doesn't try to attack you, you know, every so often because he does. He wants to destroy the family. He wants to destroy this nation. He wants to destroy your inner moral compass. He wants to destroy your mental capacity uh, of making, you know, sound judgments and, 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 and good thought processes. He wants you to, he wants you broken down. Now, Russell Monk, he was the assistant general counsel, the Department of the Treasury in 1977, or I should say in a 1977 letter, he admitted, and I quote, Federal Reserve notes are not dollars, end quote. Federal Reserve notes are not dollars. Now. A lot of you, by and large, who have a brain, have listened to the show for enough times or have listened to other shows, other podcasts, you have had to have heard that at least once or twice already in the last three to five years. Federal Reserve notes are not dollars. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure Scott with Bards FM has talked about this time and time and again. Destry says right here, they're not dollars, but good toilet paper, though. That's right. That's why it's very important to probably go take those useless, worthless dollars and go buy some precious metals, which, by the way, speaking of silver, let me go to an email real quick that I did see from Bix Weir. Hold on a second. So he sent this out earlier, just a little bit past noon, 14 past 12 o'clock today. Alert, U.S. default triggers collateral chaos. Is it time to open the secret cave of gold? And what he's talking about is the Grand Canyon. Now, in the body in the email, it's very short, but he says the global fiat meltdown has arrived no matter what the politicians do with the debt ceiling. If they raise it to $1.2 okay, let's, let's think about this for a second. 
if they raise the debt ceiling $1.2 trillion more then what will come is a flooding out of the small banks and into U.S. treasuries through the money market funds. So that's what would happen if they raised it by $1.2 trillion. Now, if they don't raise it, then the collateral backing of the 2.5 quad, yes, I said it, quadrillion, the 2.5 quadrillion derivative market will then turn into a weapon of mass financial destruction. Which of these two evils will they choose? Because no matter which way it's going to go, either way, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause chaos in the financial markets. So again, take your useless, worthless Federal Reserve notes that is usually typically good for toilet paper. And while you still can, and there is still confidence in these pieces of useless, worthless paper, and trade it out for some silver, gold, land, whatever, ammo, food, rice, whatever. Do something with it because it ain't going to be good for much longer. I don't know how much longer, but not that much longer. It's about to crash. So all I'm saying is CYA, cover your ass. Now, back to Operation Vampire Killer, 2000. Now, one last word on the money, vampires. Now, do we ever wonder... Why so many Americans are being sucked dry and are losing their homes, farms, and businesses each week. Now, remember, this publication was back in 1992. But we're seeing the same crap happen today, especially today. And yes, I don't want to overlook this. Destry was saying brass and lead are also precious metals too. Copper, yes, all relevant. But is it just a cyclical, temporary economic downturn, as we always saw, as the establishment experts and controlled media tell us? That is a fabrication to the 10th power. And, and if any officer doubts that this, you know, doubts this after reading the preceding statements by the money parasites, it would be wise to consider this secret com, uh, communicate, uh, communicate circulated among the leading U.S. bankers only way back in 1934, entitled The Banker's Manifesto. Now, here is what it reads. The Banker's Manifesto. Capital, and I quote, capital must protect itself in every way. Debts must be collected and loans and mortgages foreclosed as soon as possible. When through a process of law, the common people have lost their homes. They will be more traceable, or excuse me, more tractable, and more easily governed by the strong arm of the law, that would be cops, applied by a central power of leading financiers. Now, people without homes will not quarrel with their leaders. This is well known among our principled, principled men now engaged in forming an imperialism of capitalism to govern the world. By dividing the people, we can get them to expand their energies in fighting over questions of no importance to us except as teachers of the common herd. Taken from the Civil Servants Yearbook, the organizer of January 1934. Well, fellow strong arms of the law, 
Americans are now losing over 4,000 homes, 2,000 farms, 2,500 businesses per week to the money vampires who made the prior statement in that banker's manifesto. Now I ask you, is it just coincidence? Is it coincidence that we see this crap time and time and again back in 08, 09, and now? How many homes, businesses, and farms have you helped take away from good Americans from the IRS slash bankers? For those officers who still do not know it, yes, the IRS is an essential part of the world order plan to divest Americans of their wealth and make the people themselves pay for their own national destruction. That's what happens when we pay our own taxes. We are basically financing our own destruction to get our asses handed to us. That's what happens when we pay taxes. Do you see why we need to reassemble our states, ladies and gentlemen? See, the above should make every officer stop and think before assisting the bankers or their IRS government revenue agents. Seriously, they really should. Because you think you're enforcing the law, but remember, the law will not exempt you if you were on the other end of that spectrum. So if you are a police officer or a National Guardsman or a military officer, I'm going to tell you right now, don't think you're exempt. Don't think you're you're above it all because I promise you, you're not. You are just as expendable and you are just subject to the same bullshit as any one of us. It happens a thousand times a day across this land that our fellow officers are unknowingly made a party to fraud and theft. And if you are one such officer, then you unknowingly become the executioners for the men behind the diabolical system. Take heart, officer, that you can learn, as many others have, how to be a vampire killer. Uphold your oath to protect the American people and at the same time stay within the law. Now, again, this publication, being back in the early 90s, talks about right here about how media blacks out the facts. Well, shoot, that's back in 1992. Where are we at today? 1992 to 02 to 12 to 20. This is 30 over 30 years ago, 31 years ago. We'll call it 30 for round number purposes. And we're seeing the same media blackouts of the same type of facts today. Why? Because they're part of it. They're complicit. But surely if this world conspiracy were true, I would have heard about it in the daily news, right? That's what people would say. Oh, I would have heard about it. Really? Are you that stupid and naive? You think that the news would tell you the truth about this kind of crap? Get the hell out of here. See, as in all investigations, it always comes down to how can we prove our case? See, we personally feel it's hard to top the proof coming from the mouths of the very ones involved in this treacherous, un-American program. Here's one terrific example. You got John Swinton, the former chief of staff of New York Times. He was one of America's best loved newspapermen. He was called by his peers the dean of his profession. And John was asked in 1953 to give a toast before the New York Press Club and in so doing made a monumentally important and revealing statement. And he is quoted as follows. Now, listen up. 
There is no such thing at this date of the world's history in America as an independent press. You know it, and I know it. There is not one of you who dares to write your honest opinions, and if you did, you know beforehand that it would never appear in print. I am paid weekly for keeping my honest opinion out of the paper I am connected with. Others of you are paid similar salaries for similar things, and any of you who would be so foolish as to write honest opinions would be out in the streets looking for another job. If I allowed my honest opinions to appear in the issues of my paper before 24 hours, my occupation would be gone. The business of the journalist is to destroy the truth, to lie outright, to pervert, to vilify, to fawn at the feet of mammon and to sell his country and his race for his daily bread. You know it and I know it. And what folly is this toasting in an independent press? We are the tools and vassals of rich men behind the scenes. We are the jumping jacks. They pull the strings and we dance. Our talents, our responsibilities, and our lives are all the property of other men. We are intellectual prostitutes. Hard to believe? If there's any doubt, let's continue to read on. Now, Richard M. Cohen who was a senior producer of CBS Political News, he once said, and I quote, we are going to impose our agenda on the coverage by dealing with issues and subjects that we choose to deal with. End quote. Richard Salant, former president of CBS News, stated, our job is to give people not what they want, but what we decide they ought to have. End quote. And what is their agenda? What do they believe we, the American people, the common herd, ought to have? Well, here's the answer. See, U.S. communists say that liberalism is socialism. Norman Thomas, for many years, the U.S. socialist presidential candidate proclaimed, and I quote, The American people will never knowingly adopt socialism, but under the name of liberalism, they will adopt every fragment of the socialist program until one day America will be a socialist nation without even knowing how it happened. That's right. And that's where we're at. We are a socialist nation. This is why we need to assemble our states, ladies and gentlemen. And if any of you think out there that I am for the wrong side, you're full of it. Get off this platform and get Go somewhere else with your bullcrap because I am not. I love this country. The only reason I'm doing what I'm doing is for my daughter and for her future because I want to make sure this country succeeds. And anybody out there that's out there trying to do otherwise and split the assembly and try to subvert the progress of the American people, you have a damn another thing coming to you because I love this country, damn it, and we will get it back and we will make it prosper. One nation under God. We the people, we will win our self-governance back. I'm tired of these people. I'm tired of these socialist communist sellouts. What the hell are you being paid for, people? What are you being paid, huh? Tell me. I want to know what you're being paid. Who's paying you? Who's greasing your palms? I want to know. Be careful who you follow. I'm not messing around. I love this country. 
big part of me almost kind of regrets I never served in the military because I love this country this much. When 9-11 happened, I was so pissed. I was so pissed what happened, as I'm sure many of you have been. But I know there are some infiltrators and infusticators and people that are on the other side trying to F with this freaking progress of we the people. AVR was successful with it. David freaking Crooked has been somewhat successful with it, along with his little lackey Bobby Lawrence and other garbage people like him trying to freaking mess with it. Use your brain, ladies and gentlemen. Use critical thinking. Pray to God. Ask for discernment. What are you thinking? Know who you're fighting for and who you're fighting against. Don't be so gosh damn naive to think that somebody else just happens to have a better solution. No. Follow the lawful way. In fact, as a matter of fact, just follow God and you'll be steered the right direction. I don't really know any other way to put it. Gosh almighty, I just I can't I can't stand what I'm seeing these days. AVR was really successful at splitting the assembly. Guess what? I'm seeing the same damn thing happen today. The same gosh darn thing happen today. <sighs> Unfortunately, how sadly true were Norman Thomas's words. See, Thomas had, Thomas and, and Gus Hall. Who were U.S. Communist Party candidates, both quiet American politics, or excuse me, both quit American politics, agreeing that the Republican and Democratic parties by 1970 had adopted every plank of the Communist Socialist Party, and they no longer had an alternative party platform on which to run. Following are some statements made by a few Americans' top news personalities, but altered just slightly. Now, in honor of socialist presidential candidate Thomas, following each use of the word liberal, let's place also the word socialist. Now, this might help us gain some insight into why America, after 70-plus years of continual liberal indoctrination on every media, educational, and political front, has drawn socialism slash communism and the new world order to her bosom. Herman Desmore, foreign editor of the New York Times from 1950 to 1960, and I quote, the New York Times is deliberately pitched to the socialism point of view. Walter Conkright, news reporters are certainly socialist and left of center, end quote. Barbara Walters, I quote, the news media in general are liberals, but again, insert socialist, end quote. We can go on and on and on, but, you know, I think we all get the point. So I'm at a section here where it says world government under the UN. I think this is a perfect time. We're going to break free from here. This is a good section to stop at. We're going to end this in prayer. And then I got a song that I picked out that I'm going to play. I've been feeling very country lately. There's a, a band down in Florida called Tobacco Road Band. It's an independent band, but they're really good. Tobacco Road Band. And there's a song I'm going to play here after the prayer is called Ride Again. So let's do the prayer. Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you for another day of life and good health. 
We appreciate all that you do for us. Thank you for this country. Thank you for America. And thank you for the good men and women who are actually fighting for what they believe to be right. Glorify you. We ask you for your forgiveness. And we ask you to us on the straight and narrow on this path. If we just want to get ourselves free, we want to help other people. We just want to get our nation back. And we want to get it out of the hands of these tyrants, these Luciferians, these, these evil, satanic scumbags. We, 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 they can't be in charge anymore. We're done. <sighs> Keep guiding us. Be with us. Guide our thoughts, our words, our actions. Guide everything that we're doing. And help us discern what's right and what's not right. Help us figure out how to decipher between the two. As Rietta says right here in the chat, Father, we give you all the praise and glory. Thank you for your faithfulness. Amen. In your son's name, Jesus Christ, we pray amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. I do appreciate all that you do. And you know what? I'm going to add that too, because Rietta also says, we know, Lord, that you will give justice. We trust you. We do trust you, God. We do. And uh, there's just no other way around it. We have to trust you. We have to trust you, and we have to be faithful and work in accordance to your divine plan. If we stray off the path, like I said, shepherd us and bring us back on the path we do not want to do what's wrong we want to do what's correct and righteous in your eyes and for the and for the freedom and liberty and the sovereignty of all people not just in this country but around the world let your yeah let your will be done amen in your son's name jesus christ i pray amen very good thank you guys so let me uh switch it over here on uh cloud hub this song I want to play is by Tobacco Road Band. It's called Ride Again. It's a perfect way, I think, to end the show, just to kind of leave it on a up-tempo kind of way. It's a, it, you know, I like summer. As things start warming up around here in Michigan, I get, you know, I start getting pretty excited because that means, you know, I get to wash the car more and, and mow the lawn. I, I love, I love outdoors. I love doing stuff outdoors. Um, you know, get to be in the garden get to go to the lake, get to go for walks on the beach and hang out on Lake Michigan. You know, I, I just, I love it. You know, it's, uh, get to be outside more ground, get your bare feet in the grass. I mean, there's just so much to, to be done outside. Like today, before we came in to eat dinner, me and my little girl, I think I've played with her the longest that I have in, in a while. We were playing catch. We were riding bikes. We went for a family walk. I was playing with her on her playset. We were pretending to be pirates, you know, on her big playset. She's got a little steering wheel on her tower. I mean, we had so much fun. I'm trying to do better with having good, solid, quality bonding time with not just my daughter, but my wife as well. Because one day, you know, we're going to look ourselves in the mirror and we're going to see a lot more wrinkles and a lot more gray hairs. And I don't want to look back on my life and wonder, shoot, what in the hell did I do with my life? Did I spend enough time? with my kid did we do enough things to create good memories that we can reflect on did we help enough people 
Did we glorify God enough? So I try to do my best to live in the moment each and every day. And so sometimes you might see this summer, I might just randomly up and cancel a show. Why? Because I might just figure, you know what? Today's the day I think I want to spend more time with my family. So if that happens, I, I ask for your forgiveness in advance. That's probably going to happen every so often. Not often, but every so often it'll happen. I'll probably be like, you know, if it's not an assembly meeting, right, or something that is like a priority, like an appointment. But I, I'll be honest with you. I'll be like, hey, like today, guys, I, I, today's just I want to have a family day. And so I won't be doing a show. You know what I mean? And so that's that's you know, that might happen a few times, you know. I don't want to squander the days and the time that I have with my, my, my kid. Cause I hear so many people as they, you know, that are in their golden years, they say, you know, I wish I would have spent more time with my family and not so much time trying to work overtime for that mighty dollar, you know? So anyway, so. Without further ado, we have Tobacco Road Band ride again. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, here at His Hardline, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. We will continue to hold that line and fight for our country. Ladies and gentlemen, have a God-blessed day, and we will see you back here again, like I said, live on Tuesday evening. Monday, I'm helping my father-in-law, no live show on Monday. There'll be no live show tomorrow because there is an assembly meeting I'll be doing, but I'm going to do my best to put out a pre-recording of at least doing Galatians chapter six. Okay. It'll be a very, very short show, but at least a Bible reading. So God bless. And we'll see you back here Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. Get them two wheels rolling Down to a place where the world stops turning I want to see them stars in your eyes tonight Burning So come on, let's put the wind in our face Put a little feel good back in our face It feels good to be me and you If you're feeling the way I do Girl, come on, let's get to making up lost time Sip on something that'll get us feeling alright We're gonna Take a walk down by the creek to find ourselves a little peace of mind In a jar of Georgia moonshine So come on, let's put the wind in our face Put a little feel good back in our veins It feels good to be me and you If you're feeling the way I do Girl, come on, let's get to making up lost time Sip on something that'll get us feeling alright We're gonna have a
Time to wake Time up. To wake up. <laughs> <laughs> no longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government, while the people have borne the cost. I have a feeling it's going to be beautiful. But I will see you tomorrow, and I'm going to be cheering you on. You're going to cheer me on, but I'm going to be cheering you on, because what we've done is so special. All over the world, they're talking about it. All over the world.